Welcome to a special prospect interview here at No Ceilings. I'm Maxwell Baumbach, and today I'm joined by Stanford Spencer Jones. He's going to be a graduate player this year. Very excited to see what he does on the court this season. Spencer, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Maxwell. What about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited to uh, talk about your game, your journey. Uh, and the first thing I always like to do, because there's always people every year that they're just starting to get into the NBA draft. And just starting to get into college basketball. They're kind of NBA fans first and foremost. They're just starting to dip their toe in and, and watch a bit more college and things like that. For people who have never seen you play before, how would you describe your game to them? How I describe my game? Um, I'd say definitely start off much as like a three and D prospect. Really molded my my game. Lot lots of like lots of Clay Thompson. A lot of people will see that. You'll see mm -hmm. a lot of catch and shoot threes, moving a lot without the ball, uh, cutting stuff like that. And then also intense, intense defense that I've tried to pick up over, over the years. Now, especially these last two years, a little bit more playmaking, a little bit more getting in the mid range posts, stuff like that. So you'll see, you'll see a combination of it all, but kind of all, all developed from like kind of the three and D mold. For sure. And it's interesting you mentioned like Clay Thompson is, is one of those guys, because I feel like that was something that a lot of people forget looking back at him coming out of college was that was kind of a strength of his at the time was like he had this nice little post up game mid post game. So it's all there. That's, that's a really cool one. I, I know you mentioned him. Were there other guys that you kind of modeled your game after, whether it's current players or guys that you watched growing up that kind of shaped how you view the game and how, you know, the player that you wanted to turn into? Yeah. Yeah. Clay, Clay was huge. The very first one was uh, Ray Allen um, exactly. in the open especially back 08 Celtics. That was when I really started looking, looking at older guys. And then uh, um, after that, it was, uh, you know, once I got to college, it was like guys who already made it. So I really started looking at like Sadiq Bey, uh, mm -hmm. who's a couple years older than me, and then Desmond Bain, stuff like that. You know, you take guys who are a little bit closer to you, who, you know, you, you translate right, right into your game immediately. For sure, for sure. And just kind of to go back even before that, what was the first thing that got you into basketball growing up? Like what kind of first captured your interest and got you into the sport? Yeah. So I'd, I'd probably say the first thing was just, you know, I got an older brother. So and then, you know, the people in the neighborhood were more around his age. So I'd always see him like uh, shooting hoops outside. And then, you know, you're just you're just a younger brother. You're just trying to be included and stuff. So uh, that, mm -hmm. that's kind of how it started. I just, you know, didn't I, I wanted to I always wanted to be in there when I was like five, but didn't get big enough until I was about like six, seven or mm -hmm. something like that. So that's when it really started. And then, you know, I just loved having the ball in my hands. Dad got me a pop the shot machine in the basement, and I, I stayed on that for hours. So he likes nice. to, he likes to credit that for me developing mm. my shot. But uh, yeah, no, I, after about six, I was I was kind of in love with it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Did you play any other sports, or were you just kind of basketball? Yeah, like, no, I played um, I played baseball up until high school. I was pretty good at that. My mm. dad actually kind of wanted me to keep doing it, but I, the game was a little too slow. Same with football, but <laughs> yeah. uh, summer workouts were too much i knew i didn't love it enough to be putting a helmet on the and then uh you know my dad also made me do a little a little cross country but that was more that was more just a mm -hmm. basketball that's that's pretty much all that was for sure yeah. for sure um so you had uh you know you get to high school you had a really illustrious basketball career in high school you won you won three state titles you won a Dorino award which in kansas is an award that goes to the best player in the state a guy, a guy like mark mitchell recently won that award so a lot of great players have won that you were a top you know, consensus, like top, top 50 kind of recruit coming out of high school. Um, you chose to attend Stanford. What was it that ultimately led you to attending Stanford? Uh, yeah, the recruiting phase was, was a very interesting one. Um, like you said, I did go to, I did go to a really uh, high profile kind of, kind of basketball school in Bishop Miege. So um, I didn't really play significant, very significant minutes until about my 
junior year was really when I started getting really significant minutes in the, on the team just because we were stacked and really wasn't mm-hmm. I could have transferred to, a, you know, any of the other public schools and would have got much more time. Um, and then senior year, I finally was, you know, got the main role. And uh, so the recruiting came a little bit later than you expect. And even then, even in my senior year, when I was, you know, averaging about near near 20 and leading in most of the most of the statistical yeah, statistical categories, it's still like I knew it could I knew it could get better. So we were actually looking into postgrad year by the end of my senior year. Um, we were looking at that. And so I played like another weekend into my senior year. Cause I'm kind of a little young for my class. Mm-hmm. Um, so we played another year of, uh, AAU, um, and just one weekend. And then that just, it completely blew up. Um, and so like, in this was all in like May, I think like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like May, April, stuff like that. Um, and you know, I, I remember being in like Bishop Miege, like after, after school and like, in like May, Mm-hmm. May or like April and I got like I have to stay after school because I got like seven coaches coming you know all, all to do like back to back to back interviews like I stayed it's like right after school straight into straight into interviews and talking to coaches I stayed stayed at school to like 7 30 you know, like 3 30 7 30 with my parents and Stanford was one of those that came out and you know showed interest but they didn't really give me a, a full offer yet and actually you know I didn't know this at the time because I hadn't taken that many official visits but Mm-hmm. When I took my official visit, they made me practice with the team. I thought that was like a customary kind of thing, or it's like some yeah. Because you did, but it's really like they, they tell me now. Now they tell me it was really mm-hmm. trial. So I did well, got the offer there, and then you know sat on it for about a week. But I kind of knew it's kind of one of the one of the dream schools I've always had in the back of my mind, and so I took it. I took it pretty quickly. So with like, what was kind of your mindset like at the time? Because like what you're describing is a pretty wild process. Like as somebody who went to school and I'm not trying to brag. I, I almost did division three track in college. So, I, so obviously not, you know, dealing with yeah. any sort of recruitment or anything like that. Um, but like, I remember I didn't pick the school I was going to go to like, until like March. And that was way, way late. So like you're talking like in May mm-hmm. and obviously you're somebody who has the goal of playing college basketball, like in the months leading up to that, what was that like? Like, were you, sweating it out were you nervous about that at all or were you considering like maybe i'll go somewhere i don't really want to go just just to go like what was that kind of like mentally yeah i was i was sweating it i was sweating it but uh there was one thing like my parents were huge academic people so we weren't Mm -hmm. weren't uh what we did is uh the senior year i I still i applied like a regular student and that was going to be like my baseline schools like stuff like the paul um i'm trying to think what else like maybe lawyer chicago stuff like that yep um you know, like schools, and that was going to be my academic baseline. So I wasn't going to take a school that was academically less than that, unless it was a really good basketball school. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was the baseline. And then since then, and North, I remember Northwestern came along in senior mm-hmm. year, and but um, we did ended up losing that game, and I didn't end up getting that 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 offer. And so I was actually, I was actually that right after that, I was kind of starting to sweat it because I was like, okay, I thought that was going to be the one. Yeah. So I was pretty frustrated about that. And that was after that, we started thinking about the post-grad year. And so then I was just mm-hmm. kind of like, all right, we'll just, we'll just do this post-grad year. I'll just really work on my game, refine my game. Cause I knew the offers would, would come just because like, like I said, over that year, they just got better and better and better if I just had more time and mm-hmm. people would come out and see me. And so, yeah, I just, I just, after that, I was frustrated, but then I just stuck my head down and said, screw it. Let's just put, you know, put in the work. Let's go out and have a great AAU weekend. And all it took was one. And then, Everything just blew up from there. So, and you're killing me though, like listing all these Chicago schools. Like it would <laughs> would have been a lot more convenient for me if you were uh, 
in the area for in-person scouting, but what, what, can, what can you do? So we're going to take a quick break. After that, we're going to talk a little bit about your journey at Stanford, and uh, we'll be back right on the other side. All right. So at Stanford, you took on a, a pretty sizable role kind of out of the gate. Like you started 29 out of 32 games your freshman season. Um, is that what you expected or was that something where you got to campus and it just kind of worked out that way? Uh, yeah, I I didn't expect it. And it was kind of funny, like me and uh, Tyrell, who ended up being the one and done after that year. He didn't. If you asked him, mm-hmm. he would say he definitely didn't expect um, his role either. We kind of both came in pretty skinny, pretty small. Um, I mean, I was able to put on weight a little bit more easily than he he was, but he definitely figured out the offense a little bit better than I did. But um, no, all I was looking for is just what what the team needed, what could get me, you know, any minutes um, at all. And, you know, I knew I was a pretty good shooter. I wasn't really shooting threes at a as nearly as high as a volume as I did in college when I was in high school, just because I was a little mm-hmm. bit taller. We had a little bit old older school system, so I got a lot of my points around the mid-range. So I had a really good mid-range, and I could, I, I could shoot threes well. I just wanted to shoot them at a very high level. So I noticed that, you know, uh, the team needed a little bit of three-point shooting. We had a lot of slashers. Uh, Oscar said was a great postman, so it was like, all right, we need some outside shooting um, from the wing position. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what, let me just get in the gym, put up as many shots as I can, and ended up showing – ended up uh, ended up doing well with that. And then, you know – Coach has a pretty defensive-minded coach, so you can't, you can't get away without without uh, without playing on both ends, and that's kind of how I've always been anyway. So I just ended up just doing those little things, um, and that's kind of what I focused on. And, yeah, yeah, I ended up getting the starting spot and doing pretty well with it. For sure. And then your your junior year was it really felt like you started to take on a bigger role offensively. Like, you were never a guy where it's like, oh, he doesn't really do anything on offense. Like, that was never the case. Like, you were, you know, really valuable as a, as a shooter and spot-up guy. Junior Junior year, we start to see you kind of take it inside more. We get to see a little bit more of the dimensions of your game. Um, what was that like, a, a, you know, junior year and then this past season, your senior season, where you were sort of, you know, leading man, leading score and things like that? How was that adjustment for you? And again, was it did it go how you expected? Were there things that you picked up? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things, you know, how it always is. The longer you stay in college and the more trust you get coaches, the bigger your role is going to get, the more trust you're going to get. So, you know, I knew that was coming, especially that junior year with the with the departures of so many guys that I came in with that, that played huge roles. I was like, all right, it's it's kind of going to be my time to uh, to step it up there. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a little you know, a little bit of challenges, challenges. Of, I've always been a guy who kind of puts his head down and just does the work and not not extremely vocal. So that was something I really had to get out of my out of my comfort zone, uh, especially that year. And then obviously the years following. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was big trying to, trying to be a leader, especially, you know, thrusted in the June, j- junior year too, you know, you got still got some seniors who, you know, you may have a little bit of a leadership position over, but they're still older. So it's navigating mm-hmm. that dynamic as well. Um, but yeah. And then also just having the defensive attention, you know, I was so used to uh, benefiting from like the older guys would, the great slashes we had like Dejon Davis and Bryce Wills, you know, they would collapse the defense and then boom, I'd be open. And, you know, now mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of time for me to, you know, get that uh, defensive attention and have to kind of make plays out of that. And that's what each year I've been getting, getting kind of better and better at. So that was, that was something to adjust to. For sure. For sure. So this is the last one I'm going to ask you before we take our final break of the show. Uh, but you had, you know, really good season last year, second team all pack 12, had a solid level of buzz coming out of the season. 
on terms of NBA prospects, things like that. Like you were consistently ranked in ESPN's top 100. Uh, and then the season ends and almost like immediately afterward, you announced you were going back to Stanford doing, doing the grad year. Um, took a lot of people by surprise. We saw a lot of players do that last year where not only did a lot of guys go back, but a lot of people made that decision like kind of quickly. So in your case, what was it that you just said like, Hey, the season's over and I'm going back. Uh, cause I think a lot of people like myself kind of expected you to at least test the draft mm-hmm. waters. So what led to that decision? Yeah. Uh, you know, I like how you say it was quickly. It didn't, didn't feel that quick. Uh, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of conversations, a lot, a lot of thinking that goes into it. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, like I, I considered all options. I considered, you know, testing the waters, uh, maybe transferring to another different school, um, or, you know, or, or coming back. Um, I knew either way, um, you know, after four years, um, you know, the schools, you know, uh, the school, which is, you know, one of the main draws of Stanford, um, you know, you, you kind of finished that. So it was going to be a, just a whole basketball decision. So uh, first of all, I, you know, you think about testing the waters and I'm like, you know what, I have one more year of eligibility. The older you get, you know, you're kind of that whole potential draw in the, you know, in the NBA draft kind of, kind of goes away. So then it becomes kind of more important. I felt to just come out as the best prospect you can kind of be. So that was, that was kind of the big, the big thing there. So I was like, you know what, if I'm, if I feel like I can really get better in this next year and really, uh, really improve on some things, show, show a little, show some scouts a little bit, something else and just come back, come back as the best player I can be. Cause they probably see me as a plug and play guy anyways, you know? So I, I felt mm-hmm. like it was just, it was just a smart decision there. And so after I kind of figured that out, the next thing was, you know, do I go somewhere else that could maybe give me a little bit more publicity someplace where, you know, um, you know, since I haven't had the as as great success as I've I've wanted from a from a wins and losses uh, category at at Stanford, should I go somewhere else? You know, so that was that was really really the big decision there. Um, well, fortunately, I didn't have to really test the portal to kind of know other options. You know, you know how kind of everybody gathers mm-hmm. around the Final Four and they you know, yeah, yeah everybody yeah. you know gives out gives out you know information things they're thinking about coaches and everybody. So. Um, you know, I was able to get a lot of information, obviously not directly, but just f- figure things out there to where I didn't really have to deal with all the phone calls and everything and how crazy it can be when you're into the portal and stuff like that. So I had all the information in front of me and it really just came to sat, came down to, you know, I'm not going to have any better role than I have on, 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 on the Stanford team. I mean, I'm, I'm the number one guy, uh, coach has complete trusted me and to build something like that up again is Obviously, you can't do that in a year with another guy, mm-hmm. and so then it then it also came down to all the new additions we were getting. Our uh, yeah. got a grad grad transfer from Providence, really good point guard, mm-hmm. uh, two top fifty freshmen, and we're about to have probably one of the oldest starting five lineups, um, you know, in certainly in our conference, and all guys who whom I who I certainly uh, certainly trust. So um, I felt like you know this was this was as best of a chance we've had to win and get to the, get to the tournament as we had as my freshman year. And I felt like uh, it would be a sore opportunity to miss out on that. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I really like a lot of the returning guys that you've got on that team. Like you mentioned, like find coming over and then, you know, Brandon Angel's back. Michael yes. Jones is back a uh, lot of returning talent. And then you yeah, have the top 50 fresh. I mean, you've got Kane Carlisle, you've got Strakovich. like there's real, real talent on that team. So definitely a team that we're excited to watch. And I, and I, I want to commend you on, on the decision to go back. Cause I think a lot of times guys get so excited and kind of get stars in their eyes about like, Oh, I, you know, I can play in the NBA and whatever. And I think, I think the real thing you want to look for is not like, can I get that first contract, but what can I do to best position myself to get the second one? Exactly. exactly. And, and I think a lot of people can overlook that. So I want to commend you on that. And then we're going to come back. We're going to get kind of a little bit more to the intricacies of your game in a little bit here. So stay with us. 
So obviously one of the biggest strengths is something that there's going to be an article that kind of is, uh, if you're watching this or listening to the podcast, go to noslingsnba.com as well. We're going to have a full article breaking down uh, Spencer's game. The biggest thing uh, that kind of stood out uh, from a pure numbers perspective, and obviously it shows up on the tape as well, is that um, you're a very good three-point shooter and a very good defender. Um, on the three-point shooting front, you were a guy who, you know, six foot seven, good size, uh, and then over four seasons in a great conference, you've shot 39.4% from three on high volume. Um, how have you developed your shot over the years, and how have you maintained that efficiency while taking on that bigger role? Like you mentioned, because a lot of guys can shoot a high percentage, the role increases, and there's usually like a, bit of a, a give and take in terms of, you know, where you're slotted in terms of offensive priority and, and where the percentage goes. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you kind of, if you ever go look at my stats, you can see that obviously my best shooting year was my was my uh, freshman year when you know guys don't know you so much and you're you know, like I said, we had great penetrators that got me open all the time, so a lot of my looks were mm. very clean. So. I mean, you know, uh, hopefully that, that would bode well to the next level playing with a bunch of guys who are also really, really good at that. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, since then it's, it's, it's been a lot, yeah, a lot more contested catches, uh, a lot more moving off the ball. Um, that's really what, what, uh, since my freshman year, I've, I've, I've really worked on is just how, how well I can move without the ball and create space, um, you know, without, the, without the ball in my hands, especially the first couple of years, cause I didn't have it in my hands. Uh, now these last, these last few years, you know, I'm, becoming much more of a primary ball handler facilitator off uh, my own, you know, pick and rolls and stuff like that. So it's, you know, creating it more and more off the bounce. Uh, that's definitely something I'm trying to, uh, you know, trying to get better at every year. And then also extending the range, you know, the farther and farther you can step out a little bit from that, uh, from that three point line can just space out the defense even more and more, and, you know, not only create more opportunities for yourself, but for others. So those are, those are the two things with the shooting, but how I've kind of maintained the consistency. I mean, just really just getting in the gym and, I mean, I, I, you know, I've always, everybody thinks I have kind of a little bit of funky jumper. I don't really try to fix too much mechanically. Um, mm-hmm. All I try to fix is how, the only thing I really work, focus on is uh, how, how quick I'm setting my feet and how balanced I am in my shots and maybe just sticking a couple more shots, you know, just landing in the same place and, uh, instead of landing a little bit off balance. That's really the main thing I focus on is just balance. And then, you know, it's a quick shot, so I don't, I don't, I, it's too quick for me to think about it. So that's, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> That's good. I was going to say, that's great. It's, it's always easier to adjust to the next level too, when there's so much more length and speed and athleticism on the court, the quicker you can get it off, the, the better you're going to be. So um, something else though, you're not like one of these guys who's just a shooter. Cause like, there's a lot of times where a guy will get a three and D label put on them. And like, that's legitimately all they are. Like there's not much in between sometimes uh, you're not one of those guys. You've, you've really grown at attacking the rim um, because of your size, your guy who's physically strong. You can kind of bully around smaller guys you're not a shooter that they can just hide a point guard on or something like that uh chase you around a little bit what given that you have that element of your game as well that you can take it inside that you can operate in the post in the mid post um what is your process like when you're kind of spotting up and you catch the ball like what are what are you looking for how do you decide what you're going to do and where you're going to take things yeah yeah so i mean the first thing is always you, you see how much space you got like if they're if it looks like they're closing out short, uh, you're letting that go all the time, every, every single time. And then then kind of after that, I'm kind of reading the gaps, really, uh, you know, where the help defender's at. Is there the lane there? You know, that was thing early on is I try to drive it without kind of looking at the lane. And, you know, next thing you know, you're kind of getting the ball swiped, uh, swiped away from you or it's just a little too crowded. So that, that's kind of been the ba- that those are kind of really the main two things. And then since and then after that, it's, you know, basketball is just a lot of read and react. You don't want to ever. 
um, you know, look too far ahead and try to telegraph what you're doing. Um, but those are kind of the two main things. And then, you know, next thing is, is like, you know, if I'm driving and I get cut off, it's always, you know, the big thing I've, I've worked uh, at, especially that going into that junior year was uh, turning it into a self post. Like you said, I'm, you know, I'm six, seven, two, two twenty five, almost two thirty. Um, so I'm bigger than, you know, probably 80% of the guys I'm driving mm-hmm. against. So that's a huge advantage. And especially even if it's not for score, always, you know, I'm most likely drawing a second defender and then boom, you send the defense into rotations. That usually gets an open shot for somebody else. So that's, that's kind of the big thing uh, this year is just, like I said, just Pat, just reading the defense a lot more, drawing those, drawing those kind of doubles or that extra attention and then making that pass or that second read out of it. Um, so really started trying, I really started figuring that out a little bit towards the end of last season. Um, you know, I know the assist numbers haven't been ever really crazy, crazy high, you know, usually around like one, one to two. But uh, last year I started pulling out some games where, you know, maybe there's a couple three, three assist games, four assist games, you know, that that definitely opens opens some eyes uh, in the playmaking category for scouts as well. So for sure. And you, you cut your turnovers as well last year, too. Yeah. Was that just like a function of getting more comfortable with that lead role? Yeah, absolutely. It was 100 percent getting comfortable with that lead role because, you know, I go in the first two. First two years, you know, like I'm not getting much, um, you know, much, uh, many reps coming off uh, ball screen, stuff like that. I'm usually a throwback guy for that catch and shoot three. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, once it came to junior year, I'm like, OK, I really got to up these reps and get more comfortable with these reads in both hands and stuff like that. Now I feel very comfortable, you know, seeing all three reads coming out of a pick and roll like the, you know, seeing the big rolling, seeing the opposite corner, seeing the throwback guy or, you know, even seeing your shot. So. Um, just knowing you have all those options all, all times, knowing how to read the defense. And then, you know, the next step is kind of, you know, how to uh, manipulate them, you know, how to get a shot fake to get them out of, out of this position uh, to open up a passing lane or how to, you know, use your eyes to sink them in or sink them out, um, you know, stuff like that. You know, all those little nuances or, or stuff I, I keep trying to add on. For sure. And uh, so one thing I, I kind of want to touch on with you, because I think a lot of times with basketball, we get really wrapped up in, numbers or just kind of like archetype like very very specific things and i think one thing that often gets overlooked is is the physical element of basketball in in terms of analysis um you were a guy who is really physically strong and you're in really good shape as well so like you're one of these guys that uh you can screen uh it's screen well and effectively and in the nba game now like guards are setting screens like every everybody's screening to to move and get open uh so you're you're able to do all that and then on the defensive end as well like it's really hard to mismatch you because like can, can stick with a lot of guys tough to boss around um what does that uh do for you on the court to to be able to be as strong and, and mobile as you are and is it something that you've been focused on developing or is it just something like that's just kind of how, how it's always been for you uh it definitely hasn't always been like that for me i mean i've always been taller you know you know taller than most people in my position the stronger that kind of came um, really started really focusing on it um, sophomore year, uh, just really trying to get something out of that COVID year, the, all those extra extra times in the in the gym. And actually, they were, I remember, uh, you know, the coach was still trying to figure out, do we want to play more three, more four? And they were thinking more four. So, like, mm-hmm. strength coach was like, all right, let's put on a little bit of weight. I think I got on to, like, 235, you know, and they were like, ah, you know, you actually are a little bit more of a wing, so let's slim you down a little bit. And then I think that's where it really came. I slimmed down, but I was able to kind of keep all that, keep all that muscle. Um, and so that's, that's kind of, I've always felt like I've been kind of stronger than everybody, everybody I'm, uh, I'm going against since then. Um, but yeah, no, it, it definitely helps my game. Like, like you said, the screening, I mean, that's one thing uh, a lot of, a lot of kids don't notice is that, you know, the better you are at setting screens as a shooter, that's usually going to get you open. 
um, because it's going to make the make the defense collapse. If you're setting a great screen, it's going to cause, you know, maybe your defender to overhelp. Boom, you're coming off a secondary screen. You're going to be you're going to be a little bit more open. So uh, that's kind of how I get some of my some of my looks uh, or some of my space as well. And then on defense, I've always kind of prided myself on the defensive end. My I remember my first AAU coach used to throw chairs when I was playing when I was playing bad defense. He's kind of instilled it, instilled it in me. And then my high school coach was a big defensive guy. Coach Hass is a big defensive guy. So I've always had that around around me. And I and I've you know I've also learned from like I said those two guards, Dejan and, and Bryce. They were so versatile. Not quite as big as me, but they 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 flew around the court and the, kind of their chemistry they had together. Like how they just knew how to read situations, how they knew how to close out. You know, help other guys while still defending their guy. It's kind of something I've kind of kind of learned a lot from them and kind of kind of instilled into me. So I've always I've always just loved uh, loved pride myself on that end of the floor. For sure. So yeah, so let's get into the defense. Um, you were somebody who a lot of times was was drawing the toughest assignment, like even in games where you'd be playing a team with, you know, a really good guard and things like that. Sometimes you'd get, you know, assigned to the point guard on the other team. Sometimes you're taking whoever the best wing is. Um, how is having that type of role paired with like what you're doing on offense and then still kind of having to maintain that level of consistency and effort on defense where a lot of times the guy's a, you know, leading score, Hey, you know, take it easy on that side of the floor. How has it been, uh, just for your development to have to kind of play that sort of role where it's like, Hey, we know that you're, you're doing this on offense, but you, you got a lockdown over there as well. Yeah, that was kind of the outside of the leadership. My junior year, that was the, that was the second hardest thing to try to figure out because, it's kind of like, you know, I, I never thought I was ever in bad shape, but it was it was just like, man, maybe I need to be in a little bit more shape, you know, like elite shape to really yeah. do this two end thing or or just kind of like figure out how, you know, how much energy I need to be expending. Because like, you know, like I said, I take so much pride on it. Sometimes I'll, I'll go through a uh, defensive possession where I'm like, you know, especially these smaller guards, man, you got to chase them around so many yeah. screens. Like you're, you're exhausted and then I got to come around. I'm the shooter on my team. So I got to come around and run around my screens by the end of time you do that you know, down and back about twice and you're, you're pretty gassed out. You're kind of waiting for that next media. So it was definitely figuring, uh, figuring out how to, you know, how to, how to, how to kind of pick your spots on defense, like when to really get up in guys in certain moments, especially when you needed to stop versus trying to do it. Maybe, you know, obviously I want to do it all the time, but trying to manage that load either time, you know, uh, on, on both ways. So that was, that was certainly the biggest thing, but um, you know, I always welcome the challenge. It's made me, it's made me the better defender. The fact that I can, you know, guard, guard the best four men on the team or maybe the best two men, um, you know, whoever, whoever it is, I'm usually, I'm usually on them just because I have, you know, quick enough laterally, uh, obviously strong enough. And then the length, the length always helps. So that's, you know, that's always, that's always been a plus for me. Yeah. And I, I think something that gets lost a lot of times too, that, you know, we don't consider when we're watching the game at home, is it just from like a scheme and coaching standpoint, like your team also needs you you just stay out of foul trouble <laughs> like that's that's a big thing that I, I think a lot of times like the star players don't get credit for in college it's like oh you know you should have you should have gone harder after that or whatever and it's like yeah maybe but like if the if he's got three already and then he gets four and there's 10 minutes left in this game like that's something you got to avoid yeah those uh those tic-tac fouls usually kind of give me those ones that kind of look like a foul could go either way you know you're trying to get a steal you know uh that's that's the big thing the coaches have always uh especially in practice they call it they purposely call it uh type on me just to Mm-hmm. Tell me, okay, you don't always need to go for that block, go for that steal. Even even if you get it half the time, it's not worth it when you don't, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of the big thing. I, yeah, I've had some had some issues in, in foul trouble, uh, you know, in some stretches every year. So that's that's something I'm always always have to be conscious to crack down on. For sure. Well, while we're talking blocks and seals, let's talk about just defending a team concept because that's that's an area where you've always sort of stood out is steal rate 
block rate. Um, feels like you're not really out of place. You know, you know where to go on defense. Um, how have you been able to, to become a positive force for your team in that respect? Was it something that sort of an innate feel sort of thing? Is it being coached up? Is it filmed? Like how have you kind of honed your defensive instincts? Yeah. Um, for the first two years, it was watching Dejan and Bryce for like forever and just watching how their chemistry together, you know, why they did certain things. Um, and just like, it was all really reading their anticipation, like how they were able to kind of anticipate these things, what they were seeing. Um, that's kind of been the, been, been the biggest thing for me, like knowing when to stunt, knowing how far to be in help. And then, you know, obviously I had to adjust it a little bit cause they were quite a bit faster than me. So it was like, uh, you know, maybe I can't be this far out and help. And then, you know, when they swing the ball the other side to my man, maybe I'm in too far of a closeout to where it's hard to hard to keep a little hard to keep them in the front. So it's also knowing my limits. And then, you know, once you kind of figure those out, you kind of know, you know, what the best position for you is in, in most situations, especially, you know, the more years and years, years you, uh, you play the game and more situations you see and stuff like that. And so it was, first it was that. And then second, when, you know, I finally started getting, getting a little bit of this muscle, it's how to use this physicality, how to bump guys off their spots. Uh, the biggest thing is kind of, you know, you all, I, I was kind of like the big defender that kind of, you know, uh, pushes the envelope and kind of, you know, forces myself upon them uh, rather than kind of reacting too much to them. It makes it, makes it a bit easier, but you know, like you said, you got to stay out of foul trouble when you try to do that. So, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing was just, it's uh, my anticipation um, is really what's, what's improved. And, you know, when you have great anticipation, it makes, it makes a lot of things easier. For sure. So what would you say kind of going into this, this final year at Sanford now has been the thing that you have been most focused on developing in your game this off season? Like what are people going to see this year that like, Hey, that's, that's a little bit new or, Hey, this took a step forward. Is there any one thing or are there a few areas that like you're, you're really proud of the work that you've done? Yeah. Uh, for me, so I'll be coming up, you know, like I'll probably be coming off the most ball screens I've probably ever come off um, since I've, since I've been here. So the, the assist numbers you'll definitely you'll definitely see go up and just the, the reads even if it's not quite an assist but it's just like you know you see the you you see the defense rotate you get them to rotate and maybe it's one or more extra pass to get an open shot and stuff like that so it's kind of like those those high level reads and then getting in the lane float flow to that little 12 you know that little eight to 15 range is also mm -hmm. definitely uh been been an emphasis for me um you know just because I'm taller I can rise up over guys so really developing that um and it's also a easier you know, pretty easy shot to get to in crunch time, um, you know. So definitely, definitely those two areas. Uh, definitely see, definitely look to see those assist numbers coming up. And then just a little more off the dribble threes and a little bit more range. Uh, those are those are really the huge keys on offense I've, uh, I've focused on. That's awesome. That's great to hear. We're, we're looking forward to seeing it. And we appreciate you taking the time to join us here. If people want to follow along the, the Spencer Jones journey, where can they follow you on social media? Yeah, I'm at uh, skjones24 on uh, Instagram. Awesome. Well, give, give Spencer a follow. Spencer, we appreciate you so much for taking the time here. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, if you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, subscribe there, subscribe on our podcast feed, and subscribe to our Substack, noceilingsnba.com for daily written content on the NBA draft. Thank you all very much for joining us.